And we're live. Welcome back to the Digital Creators Podcast. Today we are in the studio with Ariel. Welcome, Ariel. Hello. Thank you for having me. So here on the Digital Creators Podcast, we are diving into the discovering the core of creativity. Um, So in this episode, we have Ariel Katzer, an artist who challenges conventional ideas Um, ideals with a background in fashion and textiles Ariel explores the often overlooked beauty in the lines that grace our faces her unique pieces crafted with ink and acrylic on canvas have carved her name into the art scene combining her passion Ariel also practices transpersonal art therapy guiding others through their own creative journeys discover how she finds balance between workshops, collaborations, live shows, and and the souls of a studio on the Digital Creators Podcast, which is live from FrioCast in Wileup, Fremantle. So take us through your story. Tell us your story of how you got into um, painting and creativity. Like where did you – did you grow up in Perth? Um, Were you born in Perth or – So – my journey started. Now I was born. I was born in South Africa. <laughs> I was born in South Africa, and we moved when I was one to which, Israel. Which part were you born? Because I was actually also born in South Africa. Oh no way! Yeah, Johannesburg. Oh okay. I was born which, in Somerset West near Cape Town. Nice. Yeah. That's so nice there. Yeah. You were lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johannesburg's still beautiful, but yeah. Cape Town, oh, stunning. Went there um, on a family holiday, and oh my gosh. Oh yeah. And like take me back there. The mountains, yeah. Yeah, see, so yeah. stunning. So you did you um, you were only kind of there when you were very young. Yeah. So we left when I was like one years old, and then moved um, to Israel, mm-hmm. and then had my early early childhood there in mm-hmm. Israel. But um, my yeah. uh, <laughs> I was <Sorry>. like. Ooh. <laughs> Um, my art journey didn't really start till I moved to Australia. Okay. Uh, my earliest memory of art would obviously be school um, and like school being like the the grounding of of what an artist should be or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I, I remember when I was in year five and my grade five teacher kneeled down next to me yeah. and was literally like... <laughs> looked me dead straight in the eyes and was just like, you're going to be an artist one day. Whoa. And I was like, as a, as a kid in year five, you know, you're just like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. I'm like, cool. You know, you, you feel proud because your teacher's like, you know, proud of you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I didn't think anything of it. And um, I just kind of went through school going, I know, like, I understand I'm good at this this one thing. Um But I didn't think, oh, I'm going to grow up to be an artist. There's, that mm-hmm. wasn't on my thought. So, but yeah, it did start from there, whether I like it or not. (laughs) Was this at, um, was this in Israel? This is when we moved over. So we moved over when I was in year year three. Okay. And um, what was it like growing up in Israel? It was awesome. It was, uh, I guess because you're a kid, everything's awesome. But from what I can remember, just, yeah, freedom. It's not like what TV Mm -hmm. is showcasing. It's, yeah, complete freedom. It was awesome, yeah. And like, just kids, everyone would play with each other. It wasn't, there was no segregating. Yeah, it was just, mm-hmm. yeah. Everyone was always over. Your door was always open. Yeah, people would just come over whenever. Okay. Yeah, 
It was really good. So I guess, um, yeah, that's kind of different from here in Australia because, um, yeah, just our conversation earlier and talking to Nick, we're kind of like, I'm, I'm not sure what the sort of urban landscape is, but here with like urban sprawl and everyone owns like a big lot of land, we're sort of a little bit separated. We're not like that community oriented. Was that yeah, like it was very community yeah. oriented in Definitely huge community. I kind of get the sense where a Fremantle feels like Israel. It feels everywhere. Okay. Like in Frio, there's like a sense of like everyone gets along with each other. Everyone yeah. has like these pockets of celebrations in the street. It's like that in Israel. Oh, okay. I always feel like your neighbor's your best friend. And yeah. Cool. Um, I think yeah. so many people, like maybe who haven't traveled, like don't experience that like i i've experienced that in like other countries like in um parts of like southeast asia there's kind of that vibe where like yeah, yeah. everyone's friends with each other and they're walking down the street and saying hello like even in um africa there's that as well but here yeah. i think we are i think um people in australia and perth are very friendly people like um if you were to ask and approach them mm-hmm. um and talk to them they're gonna like love to help you out but if you don't sort of approach them we're just i guess you're less inclined to like say hello down the street and yeah uh interact because i think people in australia or perth like like their own personal space as i was saying like we like our own big block of land and like that's ours yeah (laughs) yeah i think boundaries here are a massive thing (laughs) yeah where i think like overseas boundaries is not a thing like people will just come up to you and hug you in the street if they didn't know you they're like oh you're having a good day you know yeah yeah, there's no there's there's boundaries. It's like I don't know if that's grown into us as a child or at schools or something. Where you maybe because like <clears> at school I remember saying, Oh, you can't touch each other. Yeah. You know, which is fair enough, but um Yeah, there yes. is that here. Maybe um, that's carried on throughout adulthood. So now we're all just like, This is my box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. Different story. Um, you know, maybe at the pub after a few drinks, like everyone's like getting yeah. that, but yeah. Um but it's sad that we need alcohol yeah, to do that. Exactly. Isn't it? I don't think I think as humans we're we're like social creatures and it's important uh, you know, for our community to like interact and like help each other out. Um, but yeah, here it's very separated and you get because we're you know, we're a very multicultural society here, you get a lot of people coming over and they're kind of just like, What is this? Like mm. it feels very like a little bit empty in that sense in in that sense of community yeah maybe we haven't developed our own culture yet i don't know yeah i think i think it is to do with that yeah yeah. like um we're sort of a young city and young country in a way and um definitely i think say if you look at cities that may be a little bit ahead of us like melbourne or Mm. something like that um i think there's like if we're talking specifically about the art scene, I think I know just from what other people have told me, there's more of a community in the art scene and there's like more of a collaborative culture um, from that sense. But um, yeah, like yeah, there's a lot of factors that come into it, I think. Yeah, I feel like you have to find your own niche in your own pockets here. Yeah. Yeah. You stick to your little pockets. Yeah. So you don't go over to that pocket. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But And if you do. You know, yeah. your other pocket might not like it. <laughs> yeah. But, and um, I was yeah. talking to Nick um, who runs uh, FrioCast here and we were talking about because Nick's an architect with over like 25 years experience and we are talking about um, 
he actually works um, with sort of planning urban projects and how they um, how they respond to humans and culture and community. Okay. Like it's kind of he, he makes that's cool pro, uh, works with projects to do with community. Um, and yeah, we we're talking about. I, I was asking him why. Does Australia, <laughs> in my opinion, it kind of looks ugly compared to other cities. Yeah, like, I remember you saying, yeah. Like um, Japan or European cities like Italy and France, they like have more of a, you know, an aesthetic appeal than yeah, here. Yeah. Where it's just like orange tile roofs, <laughs> brick house. <laughs> so many restrictions here, that's why. Yeah, yeah, I think it's to do with that as well. I don't yeah. think he, he mentioned that. Um, and also, yeah, we just have like so much land like, uh, Japanese people or um, Korean or Chinese people yeah. like come over here and they're just like, wow, you have like so much space. You have so much space. Like they're used to living in a very small, you know, apartment or something like that. And that's normal. Yeah. Here. Um, and it's not even looked down upon. Like if you have a small space, it's just like, it's like normal. Yeah. Um, but here it's like you got to have like a big block of land and all that. And that's why we have like this urban sprawl and we're kind of a little bit separated. So I think that comes into that. For community. sure. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, um, space, yeah. Yeah. So it's just a little bit of, I guess, recap what I learned. There's um, there's low density, medium density and high density living. Okay. So. I'm learning something. Now. Yeah. I'm like, get around, get around. <laughs> Nick can <laughs> mark my, um, uh, what I'm about to say here. Um, but low density is um, pretty much what we have here. It's like you get your own big block of land in a house and a front garden, backyard and um, high density is basically, you know, ha- sort of like a high-rise building with apartment blocks, so okay. you can fit like a bunch of people in a small space. Yeah. And then medium density is in between that, so where maybe you have like a couple stories or three stories, um, and that's kind of ideal for community. Like if you look at, um, there's some developments even in Fremantle, and, it's, and like a lot of people can live above or below each other, but it's not like like mm. a high-rise thing. Right. And like okay. that's better for. So that's community. the sweet spot. Yeah, right, but okay. there's like, as you're saying, laws here that so many prevent that. So there's a new medium density law that was going to come out, and architects were excited because they're like, "Oh, finally!" Oh, really? Like, I had no like idea cool about min- this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, apparently got scrapped. So now, oh, okay, or something like that. So what a shame. Yeah, but I'm I'm wondering what what are the buildings like in. Israel, is it sort of like you guys sort of living on top of each other a little bit? Well, yeah, we lived in a a flat and then you also have your kibbutz, which is like um, a community living, which everyone, it's just really cool concept where like everyone helps each other and lives off off the land and lives off um, the salary that everyone else makes and kind of share. Sharing, yeah. You see, here we don't. I don't think we have sharing. The concept of sharing is just like not. It's like don't touch. Yeah, my stuff. <laughs> yeah, my, I my, earned this. My boat, my house. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's like all or nothing. Yeah, it's like fend for yourself. Yeah, survival of the fittest. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> That's so sad. But yeah, but so huge community in Israel. Huge. Okay, and is it like a community garden and? Oh yeah, stuff like that. Farming, major farming there. Um, yeah, the kibbutz is great. A lot of people find themselves, once they go to kibbutz, they don't never leave because it's wow. just like such a sense of like home. Um, we never experienced the kibbutz when we were mm. there. We lived um, in a flat, yep. so high rise. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it wasn't like a small space, like high rise buildings here, yeah, like the, the 
the each um, flat was like a normal size house. Like it was three, oh, two bedroom, two bedroom house, but like the living space was huge. Kitchen was huge. It's yeah, different format. Okay. Even though it's was a high it, rise, was it like? Did you have shared like shared kitchen or shared laundry or anything like that? No, no. no. And laundry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, <coughs> it was massive space. So it felt like a house, but within a tall building. Okay. If you know what I mean, but with no garden because you just have a balcony. And then what? What like was shared? Um, the building. <laughs> no, oh, the garden. <laughs> no, the gardens, the parking the gar- lots. Um, that's that's it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, kibbutz is what was a share. Oh, kibbutz. The kibbutz. Can yeah. you remind me what that is again? Well, so it's like a, a shared living um, um, community. Yeah. So you each have your own little house, or you can share a house with someone. But it's not like a like a normal looking house. It's kind of like a. I don't know is how that, to describe it. Did like you a, live in the kibbutz? No, we didn't do oh, kibbutz. You didn't live but in... there's a huge community of kibbutzes oh, <laughs> in, in Israel. That's I don't know if that's a word. But kibbutzes. Maybe. Kibbutzes. Not kibbutz. Okay, yeah. so you didn't live in the kibbutz, but there are no. like lots of kibbutzes. Yeah, kibbutzes. <laughs> kibbutzes, that's a yeah. new word. Yeah. So, well, kibbutz, yeah. Okay. So yeah, po- pockets of um people living together and working together. Yeah. And making a living together. Oh yeah, living together. That's yeah, that's cool. And it's like a big part of um, Israel culture. Yes, the yeah, huge, huge. They're oh. very well known for it. Because I do know in Malaysia, there's what's called a longhouse. Okay. And everybody, like, they live in the same building, but in like different rooms. And then there's like one big, like, long walkway. Right. And it's like a shared space where they have like parties or events. Sweet. So again, it's like shared. <laughs> yeah. Like um, and it helps you know community. So yeah. everyone's kind of like interacting with each other all the time. See, that's nice. Um, we don't have like what's our version of that? Cult. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. We have Fremantle. <laughs> yeah, like Fremantle's definitely um, student share houses. <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, so. Did you start, what was like your first sort of creative outlet? Was it painting or drawing or? Um, it was, um, 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 yeah, okay. I'm going to say, yeah, it would have to be painting. Mm-hmm. It'd be paint. Oh, drawing and painting, bit of both. Um, are you talking about professionally? No, just when you first started, like, did you first, like, what was your, I guess you, maybe it was in school. You were saying it was in school. Yeah, so. yeah. I guess drawing and whatever they teach you in school, really. But I wouldn't say that was really my passion. It's just because something that you've learned. Mm. Where, like, like, like I said earlier, I wasn't aiming to be an artist, so I wasn't um, doing my creative strengths. Then I was just learning the techniques that they yeah. were teaching me and teaching us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have to say that. Um, I was drawn. I was drawn to painting. I was drawn to um, drawings. But I did realism for a really long time in high school, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of killed it for me. And I didn't, I didn't enjoy art because of that. And I stopped actually painting and drawing for about two years after high school because I was just like, if this is art, I don't want to do it. Oh, because you were. I studied fashion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So because I was completely turned off. Art, turned Real, off realism art. though, that was that. Where did you study realism? High school. It was high, high, school. It was high school. Okay. They push realism. I don't know. And they Which, um, where was this? 
Uh, yeah, I was like, uh, oh, I'm like, don't hate me, Mr. Warren. <laughs> I love my art teacher. He's a yeah. wonderful man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mr. Warren, I'm so sorry to see this. <laughs> um, it was in Mount Lolly Senior High School. Great school. Okay. But mm. I think there's um, they, they have to tick boxes, you know, to yeah. pass students, yeah. obviously. Because art's like so difficult, I feel. Because if you're maybe you're, you're a parent and your kid's learning art, but you have no idea about art like and the school wants to kind of like at the end of the day show that they're teaching the kids art but it, it might not yeah. make sense to the parents, you know what I mean? Like yeah. artists think in different ways to regular people about their art. Yeah. Like I think um, maybe an old person would be like, oh, okay, um, say paint uh, this set of headphones over here. And then if it looked like whack, they might be like, whoa, my kid might be failing art because it doesn't look like the thing that they're painting. Exactly. It's, it's like abstract. Yeah. What's happening to my child? Yeah. What are you doing to my child? So yeah. then they have to be like, oh, you have to make it exactly like it is. But that's not what art is about. It's about like expression and expressing your view on what these headphones are or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think we go through glimpses of stages through that when you're studying in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go, yeah, you go through a glimpse of it but then they, they don't let you fully dive in because, again, they have those boxes that need, you need to tick off. But mm-hmm. once I think once you leave high school, that's when your um, true artistic colours can show because you can yeah. just go wild with your imagination and keep pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm. Yeah. And sort of be yourself more yeah. out of high school. Yeah, yeah, because you don't have um, those, yeah, like I said, those boxes to tick. So yeah. Um, I think when you study outside of high school, they make you push those boundaries. But then you come into society (laughs) (laughs) and then there's more boxes, there's other boxes. Yeah, well, yeah, it depends. I think it depends what what area you surround yourself with though. Yeah, because I I can just speak from like photography point of view. Um, Yeah, and say if you're studying photography, they'll teach you you know, how to use a camera and that sort of thing. And yeah. um, I studied at Murdoch and um, that what was good about Murdoch is they did teach you a lot of conceptual stuff and they taught you about like sort of legends in photography mm. and uh, um, concept, yeah, a lot of conceptual work. But if you're trying to get hired as a photographer, um, say if you're a corporate business and you sell houses mm. or if you're a corporate uh, shopping mall and you sell clothes you can't be too expressive with the brief that's what i have always felt yeah um, okay. you got to kind of like okay i'm selling this product yeah so if you're selling a product you can't really um you know project a lot of your style into the work i think when you're just starting out i think when you become mm. like a really good photographer and respected they're like they see your style and they want that style mm. but if you're not respect and they just want you to sell a product you're just taking photos to sell a product in a way and if you want to sort of make an income as a photographer that's what you got to do you can have your art as well but so you're saying that's like the first stage yeah like building yourself up yeah and it's like that's the box you're in like you want to make money as a photographer you got to shoot like this to sell this product i'm not sure if it's the same no yeah with yeah painting oh yeah so (laughs) when i went um technically professional Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of the time in the beginning, I had to do these commissions that I, at first I was bloody excited to do. Yeah. I was like sick, like someone wants my art. But then comes 
all these guidelines of what because this person is paying for your for your art right but yeah. then they have oh can you do it this color can you make it this size can you yep. put this subject in and then they send you a photo of their baby and you're like I don't draw babies. I'm like, have you seen my style? Like your baby will look like a zombie. Like I don't, I don't understand when I had so many baby requests. Really? But yeah, I, back in the day, like my style would not have suited that. I, I can kind of like mold it yeah. now. But yeah, I think commissions is where my bread and butter was in the beginning um, and the way that I got my, my work out there and my name out there. But now I have to literally say no to commissions because I can't spill out my best work. But yeah. yeah, it's the same with photography. So you, you had to work, uh, sort of work your way up and like do that sort of work and then develop the your style. For sure. And then now sort of your style is more the attractive feature about your work so they want Yeah, so style. I'm getting like more and more known for it and then people okay. are like, cool, I want that piece and you're like, thank you because oh, then yeah. they can connect to a piece that's already been made Yeah. where um, if they commission something, I have to force it out of me yeah. where my work's very intuitive. Yep. So it's, it doesn't really work. Yeah. It's like fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what's your, like, um, as a painter, commissions is sort of your, like a bit part of your income. Yeah. Are they sort of portraits of people? Is it more so families? Like what's your yeah. kind of biggest? My, my commissions now are mainly murals um, and... Um, um, I don't do commission like visual. Um, stuff, but don't do visuals. <laughs> I don't do words either. <laughs> um, I don't do canvas commissions anymore. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like when someone does come to me and asking for a request for a commission, I have to just explain to them why I can't do them anymore. Yeah. Um, and commit. Um, like the money is great for commissions. Yeah. Um, but if I can't produce something that I love. I can't yeah, pass that on to someone it's like painful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I feel guilty as well. I'm like, here's a shit painting. You know, yeah. I mean, they might love it, but I just can't do it. I can't put my name on that. Would you? Because what? Um, like, if you had like a certain price, and they were like, "I'll give you like this amount," would you do it? <laughs> I'm like, how much we're talking? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You know, money's money, right? Because <laughs> even with my photography, it's like there's stuff that I hate. But if like, I don't know. If they yeah. have a big budget for it, I'll probably like do it. But it's still, it'll still be kind of like, yeah. I hate this. I hate yeah. my life. Yeah. But anyway. I just don't yeah. want to go. I don't want to go to the studio and just hate it. Yeah, I want to exactly. go to the studio and be excited about it. I think at the end of that, it's probably not good to do that because you want to you wanna keep doing what you love to mm. do. And the more you like work on that, the more you can do that. So Exactly. And I think eventually that will resonate with people. And then it'll slowly catch on, but it's a it's a slow burn. And then once you get it, it's so though, slow. Yeah, like, once you get it, like people don't understand. It's like, taken me seven years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like even to find your style. Oh, my style! I found during studying fashion. Okay, yeah. So, I had this so awesome lecture. Maybe we'll we'll go back to the your story a little bit. So, uh, came out of high school studying art, Mount Lawley. Then did you study fashion? Where did you study fashion? Uh, Central TAFE in Perth. TAFE? Yeah. Okay. Amazing space. Really cool yeah, facilities. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the stuff they're doing. It seems like a good vibe. Yeah. And the lecturers there are great and yeah. they're like fashion designers themselves so they understand. Like they, they work and live in the industry. Yeah, they're real ones. Yeah, they're the real <laughs> deal. It's so cool. And just um, being surrounded by that is really cool as well. But, um, yeah, they really push your boundaries and get you outside of the box, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, but that's where I found my my drawing style. 
Okay. Believe it or not, like out of high school, I went straight into studying fashion. And um, I was so done with art. But then there was an art unit in fashion, yeah. drawing figures and fashion illustrations. Yeah. And I was so drawn to that because they taught it in a way that was more freeing, less... Yeah. Constricted, like restrictive. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, this is where it's at. And then my style came from there. Cool. Yeah. So interesting how that, yeah, when you're kind of, you had to do realism, it like made you not want to do oh, art. Yeah. It's, it's more of a chore, isn't it? It's yeah. just like turn this, like replicate this. You're just copying something. How boring is that? Yeah. Like you want to be yourself, right? Yeah. Imagine if you had to pretend to be someone every day. That'd be so boring. Just be yourself. It's so much fun. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess like actors get yeah. to pretend to be yeah. people. But, yeah, I'm like if you're trying to be But if you had else. to, yeah, be that person like all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Be tiring. Okay. And then so it was the sketching that kind of got you back into it, like the sketching of the figures. Yeah. So I had this lecturer who first class he was just like, okay, draw this figure. And then he was like, okay, you only have I think it was like something ridiculous like two minutes or something and so we all just drew this figure really fast just from memory yeah we had to draw from head to head to toe and then he got us to lay it all out on the ground and he was like okay what is similar with all these drawings and we all just did like a outline of a body yeah and then he was just and then none of us knew what was similar we were just like um some thick some thin lines <laughs> you know like all this blah 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 and then um he's like so you all all have an outline. Do you see an outline of a person walking down the street? Do we all have outlines? And we're like, no. And then goes, why do you draw an outline then? And we're just like, oh, because it shows a figure, you know, the negative space, blah, blah, blah. So he taught us to actually work from the inside out instead of drawing from outside in. So now when I draw my faces and my figures, ah. I always start from the nose or from the belly button and I follow the lines like contour drawing. So when you don't pick up the pen and you follow the lines out, and it's more intuitive that way because I follow the muscles or I follow the shadow or like a lump or, you know, like some something I can follow around and then it creates the body or the face. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because if I did that, I'd be like, ah, like, there's no <laughs> like lines to restrict here. me. <laughs> yeah. I need to be like, oh, I need fair. to be in the box. I don't feel oh, comfortable. Fair. Like I guess if you're not super confident with what you're doing, you're like, I need the box. I need the outline. Mm. But then feel like high school's done that to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let me break yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. But if you're yeah. confident with that, I guess, and then it is it is more freeing because you can. Yeah, because you don't worry about if it's going to look like a figure or not. You're just yeah. following the lines of the body and then it naturally just turns into a body, into a figure. Uh, interesting. Yeah. That's what I teach in my workshops <laughs> and my one-on-ones. So. Yeah. Okay. I think we'll we'll get into those as well. Um, and then with the fashion, were you like, that's what you wanted to do sort of at that point? Yes. Yeah. So I went all the way, I got all the way into third, third year. So I went all, all, all three years and, um, I was like, yeah, this is it. You know, I want to do this. And then naturally I just got sucked into doing all these art commissions and, and fashion jobs that, um, required me to just do the drawings. Okay, what sort, of, side of things? what sort of stuff like who, who did you I do did, stuff for? I did um f- like fa- uh, fashion illustrations for a independent company um who's not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and she did uh fashion accessories for women. 
so handbags, shoes, and I just did her drawings for her. And then I did a lot of... Um, Is this like why do you actually do the fashion drawings? What's it's so that they can send send them to the housemakers and designers to put them together. Okay. Do you, yeah. Do they make? Do they put the outfits on these drawings? Oh, um, the fa- the accessories. Yeah. Do they like kind of like do a mock up with the drawings? Yes. Is that what they do? Yes. Okay. So with the drawings, there would be a a flat drawing which is including of all the measurements and sizes, and then the materials used to scale. I wouldn't draw, draw the drawing to scale, but I would just the measurements would be next to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you do a drawing. Oh, so you just write the measurements, but on the figure it's not yeah 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 so that they know what size you want the handle or what size you want the buckle to be or blah 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 Mm -hmm. you know um um it's just because the lady who owned the business couldn't draw so she hired someone to do her drawings for she was she would explain to me what she wanted yeah and then i would draw her vision okay that's interesting because from what i've seen you kind of emphasize the figure in a way that fits like their brand style or something. Like sometimes they have like super skinny models or like yeah, yeah. emphasized whatever like hips or something like that. Yeah. I have I had a certain way of, of drawing figures in my fashion, uh, my fashion drawings and I didn't suit it to what they wanted. They just hired me for how I drew my figures. Oh, okay. And if they were happy with their vision of um, my drawing of their vision – then they're sweet, so they didn't care how it was drawn. Just is that yeah. like is that a full time job in fashion? Like they like brands would hire someone to do sketching. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, like, because seasons um, go so fast. Like yeah. you're working on win- winter season and you're on to spring or summer the next. You know, it's like if you keep flowing. Like there's it's, there's no gap. And yeah. were you making your own clothes at yes. this point as well? Yes, I did have oh, a... tell us about that. That's interesting. I did have a fashion line. Cool. It lasted a few years. Um, I did a um, line of overalls, mm-hmm. linen overalls with um, digitally printed draw- of drawings of mine on it. Um, and then oh. I did a bunch of like... Um, silk scarves and linen and stuff and then I moved into upcycling and then closed the brand because it just took too much of my visual art time. Yeah, yeah. I was so drawn to doing art Yeah, and then just fashion consumes you. Like yeah. It, it's a whole world. It's a whole other world and once you're in it, it's so hard to get out of it. Like it's, yeah, so I had to choose one or the other. Okay. Even though I was mixing the two together. Yeah. that I mean that sounds... Super cool, like your art on clothes, like oh, it was the coolest fire. thing to, to witness. <laughs> it was it was awesome, and like on the bed printing, watching yeah. it being printed was just like this is the coolest thing so ever. It was, it was digital printed. It was digitally printed. Yeah. Okay. How I, I just want to visualize that. How does that work? Um, it's just like these massive bed printers. Yeah. And they just roll out the fabric, and then they and th- these printers just um, scan over the fabric and print. And that's just like a flat piece of fabric that you might find in like Spotlight or something like that. Yeah, And yeah. then you turn that into the clothes. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, I'm like how does it know which part is which? But I suppose you'd map it out on a computer and then. Yes, yeah. Damn. There was a lot of like digital world side of things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well. Yeah. I thought I'll also say we're doing a little collab. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> a little collab. <laughs> which um, I'm I didn't know about. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I feel, I don't know. 
just an idea and we'll see where it goes. But I gave um, Ariel some clothing pieces, a shirt and some pants. And uh, she's going to do some paint and just get paint everywhere because I'm sure that's what happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you paint. No, I have that on me right now. So <laughs> Yeah, and um, yeah. I just think it looks really cool that you get different colours and, yeah, we're going to see what it looks like after Yeah, every after mark's like another painting, isn't it? Yeah. But I love how you asked me. You're like, you can say no. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know. <laughs> never so done, good. Never done uh, yeah, because I was like, I don't want to <laughs> force you to wear my clothes or something Oh, no, like thank that. you for asking. No, I'm, I'm um, excited. Love collaborating. Because yeah, that, you know, we'll see where it goes because that could be a cool way of you doing art and, and fashion, fashion at the same time. Yeah. Like, I love mixing the two together. I do. Yeah. As long as I don't do it full time, I, lo- I, st- I love it. I love it. Yeah. So count me in. Cool. No, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> um, and then so after you, you sort of closed that brand down, did you, did you have like a brand brand? Like it's Ariel's... Um, fashion line or yeah um, um, so it went through like a little lawsuit so I can't actually mention oh, yeah <laughs> I'm like it, got real. it might still be going through that <laughs> I'm like lawyers are involved um, so I can't actually mention the brand name okay but um, once the camera's off I can tell you about it okay cool cool um, but yeah sweet sweet yeah. Um, <laughs> so you so close that down and then after sketching you kind of had a bit more confidence, like, hey, I'm getting paid for this, so I can yeah. so do my I'll, own thing. I would pick up like art job, art drawing jobs here and there. Um, and then I worked for Rusty a bit, but I it wasn't hey, Rusty. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Surf's up, bro. <laughs> um That's it, a WA brand, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they've done really well for themselves. Yeah. Um, but their headquarters was sick. Like it was a great place to work. Sick. So what um, sort of stuff were you doing there? Um, so I was actually just managing their online store. Oh, and I was, IT. Yeah. IT seller, okay. Yeah. She's uh, multi-talented. Uh, Which was good because I learned a lot because then, then I can integrate that into my business. Yeah. And so I learned how to manage an online store, which is – so now I have my own website and stuff. But Cool. So that was really good to learn where that was my first time kind of experiencing that. Um. Uh, on a big scale as well because, like, they have a whole warehouse and had to manage mm. all that kind of jazz. Um, and then I also did their hair and makeup for their photo shoots, for their lookbooks. Oh, so you did the hair and makeup as well? Did the hair and makeup. Whoa. <laughs> You're like a full production uh, house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a one-team kind of gal. <laughs> no, but I love working in a team. Um, but, yeah, so I did the hair and makeup just for their lookbooks. So yep. what would go online and to um, different um, fashion houses and stuff to see what products they wanted from Rusty. Awesome. Um, we got yeah. a little shout out here um, from Daniel Crossley. Oh, Crossley. I did a, yeah. um, his art name is Alien Anal. Yeah, he said shout out to Alien Anal. Yeah. And he said I collaborated with Ariel. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We did the best collabs. He's very, very intuitive the way that he works. And just to watch him is, is it's like a miracle. What info. sort of stuff does Dan do? Does very abstract dancing around the page with different movements and very uh like on and off cool. yeah really I'll, cool I'll check it out after this yeah really cool stuff um what because you said you're working on websites what website platform do you use um shopify oh, okay so it's mm. very e-commerce based yes okay it's not like a fancy pants i tried all that and i'm just like no no yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay i just need something that was easy 
and people, and yeah, yeah, and people were happy to use. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you learnt some cool stuff at Rusty, and then, but you weren't really develop. Were you developing your style at this point, like doing personal work, or we? I guess you weren't uh, selling commission pieces at that point, were you? Um, it was like, yeah, yeah, I was actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I started selling commission pieces in 2014. Yeah, mm. and I was working there then. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, um, yeah, so I was just just starting out to um, showcase my art and then I did Rusty, was it three days a week? Okay, cool. So the rest of the time I was playing in the studio and doing stuff. By playing in the studio, I mean playing in my bedroom because oh, <laughs> yeah. that was my first studio. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. And then I moved to a, a proper studio, well, somewhat proper. It was on top of a bakery with no windows. And oh, I that think sounds nice. I lost my sense of that? smell from that. Um, awesome Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. And Smell of fresh bread. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. And were you doing, because you said you developed your style quite early, so it was kind of a similar sort of take on the human figure yeah 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 always always did that not a lot of color it was a lot of black and white stuff i think i don't know if i was afraid of color i just liked the look of my style with black and white yeah i suppose with the lines yeah black so it's yeah and it's on like a normal white page yeah that's where it comes from like i've also found with like with photography my stuff sort of Last year and before that, like when I was I was still trying to find my my style, mm. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go with sort of night photography with this kind of like cinema noir aesthetic. So it's kind of like reds and greens Ooh, with nice. it, with that. It's very moody. Mm. So I went with that and I did like a whole series and I had my first exhibition and released a photo book and that was really cool. And then I wanted to jump into something else, so I just started with black and white because I feel like. Black and white's kind of like this baseline. It's kind of like yeah, you, you can discover a lot from black and white. You're just experimenting with maybe shapes and yeah. textures rather than color. Yeah. And I also found with um, sort of my personal style, like what I wear, the clothes I wear, I was trying to find that as well. And I also start off with black this? and white. Oh, just when I started doing podcasts and I was okay. like learning about fashion, I was like, hmm, I want to find my style like clothing style what i like to wear because yeah, i didn't yeah. even think about that yeah um and i didn't wear color either i just wore like black white and i think because i'm finding like the silhouette mm. like that works with yourself it's just like a, it's another way to you know express yourself as a person also in, with creativity i'm like really interested in that so yeah i was like just wearing black and white as well just wearing the silhouettes and then now I'm wearing more like color and hello, like yeah. <laughs> another orange, <laughs> orange yeah, yeah. beanie. Yeah, literally. Blue yeah, and your here. socks. And the socks, So yeah. your photography has got color in it now. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like I, w- I was literally like I'm just going to shoot black and white because I love classic black and white photography, street photography. And, and I'm, wrong I'm like, wow. So, so nice. when I was in Japan earlier this year, I was like just black and white, black and white, black and white. And then naturally in Hong Kong, I just randomly – started shooting colour because I don't know, the colour looks good and I was just like, okay, we'll go with that. You're drawn I'm not, to it. Yeah, you're just drawn to things, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, With your nice. style. You're not, yeah. you're not like, you got to have a bit of flow and just see where it goes. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, the colour looks good. And then um, I was shooting a bit of black and white, but now I'm shooting, seems like I'm shooting colour. It's funny, like I don't even know what's 
running this yeah, machine yeah. sometimes. Like, oh, this oh looks that's cool. cool. That's intuitive. <laughs> yeah, intuitive. You just yeah. saw something that you were drawn to and just Yeah, it's very gone with it. intuitive, which yeah. I think that comes that. into your style. And that's how art should be. It's like you're in tune with yourself. Definitely. And and it's like even the the colours you wear or whatever you're gonna wear that day, it's like I'm just feeling you just feel, oh this kind of I feel like I want to wear this colour. It's not like Yeah. Um, I suppose if you say you're in a if you're in a box, if you have a job and you have to wear that certain thing, that's what you wear. But for yourself, kind of just feeling, okay, it's cold, I'm gonna <laughs> wear a jumper or like yeah, the colours yeah. kind of whatever you're intuitively feeling as well. So Yeah, exactly. I think it's important to be intuitive. I think so. And that's why I like it when parents let their kids choose their own clothes. Yeah. Because then it also gives them like the self-confidence. Yeah. To just make decisions for themselves and also listen to, okay, what am I feeling today? Like what do I feel like wearing? Yeah. Just like you felt like wearing an orange beanie and I felt like wearing this. But yeah, so I think that's really cool. Start them young so then they can naturally do that through adulthood. I think that's a really important skill to have as a human being. Like, how do I feel? Yeah. Because I don't don't actually think most people think about that. Definitely not. Definitely not. You'd be so surprised how many people, like especially through my like one-on-one art therapy sessions. Yeah. That kind of subject comes up all the time. People don't know how to feel anymore. It's scary. And if they do, they don't know how to handle it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, can you tell us about your your workshop? These workshops. Um, so my workshops are very surface based, so they're just more playful, trying to just get people to um, just really create and just have a good time. Is my, it sort of like therapy? No, my one on one is more therapy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, art is therapy all the time. Yeah. Like you, you know, you're creating. Yeah. Like that's what you know, it's therapy in itself. Um, but the reason I don't do art therapy with my big group classes is because art therapy can get quite deep. So I just keep it very like surface level stuff and, like I Mm. said, very playful. Mm. And then if someone wants to go deeper, um, I do the one-on-one sessions and then from there then we can discover more and be more personal and then you can be more open. Yeah, I think the one-on-one is better for sharing that stuff. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I think as creative people we, we kind of have to have that, um, we have to be intuitive and like know how we feel to express that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think everybody should sort of humans should be feel comfortable expressing who they are, you know. Mm. But yeah, as you were saying, it's not it's not that common. I don't think. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, some people with some people it is depending on what circles you are in, but. Yeah, a lot of so my clients. Why why do you think that is that not many people are like intuitive and not being sort of ask them, are in touch with themselves? Our schooling system, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, it has heaps to do with it. And also the food we eat. Yeah, it's disconnected us completely. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I can say in the school system... Yeah, as a as an artist, like I read something today and it was just like, um, they they just put art at the bottom, you know. It's like yeah. <laughs> science, maths, yeah. Like, but get this. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but just while it's in my brain, um, they put it at the bottom, right? But then, like during COVID, 
all the online workshops were sold out. All the materials at the shop, uh, um, at the shops for like the art section, all sold out. Wow. I remember going to Spotlight and trying to get paint because Jackson's was just low on stock, and then even Spotlight was like sold out. So this just goes to show when people are in like need of something to do or an outlet. Art was their basis. They didn't go to their maths mm. books and read a maths book. Well, maybe some did, but majority. Yeah, 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 I'm like, <laughs> get a life, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I went English then, but uh, um, do you know what I mean? So that just goes to show how much we need it. Mm. So this, yeah. But yeah, keep going. What yeah, you're I saying, think. So. Well, I think um, a lot more people are just more creative than they think. Oh yeah, blows my mind when someone says I can't draw. I'm like. Oh my God, did you see what you just drew? Like, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. And I think if more people were in just touch with themselves, more intuitive, it'd just be better for society, you know. But yeah. It, it elevates. Um, yeah, they always put sort of art at the bottom mm. and all the other subjects at the top. And then, um, yeah, the school system for me personally, I was at um, John Curtin here in Fremantle. Um mm. Yeah, I think art was my the thing that I enjoyed the most and I was best at. I don't think I was great at any other subjects, but now that I've I'm out of that if if it aligns with creativity, like if it's a maths thing but it lines up with somehow like creative, I'm yes. like, "Whoa, that's right? interesting." Yeah. So, if um if somehow if they taught sort of maths Maybe in a different way. Yes. Just like suit what you're interested in or... 100%. They just teach it in like one way. So it's like you fit in this box or you don't. Yeah. Um, but even like philosophy or science, like there's so many um, parallels with art and science. They like go kind of go hand in hand. Heaps, heaps. And I'm like, whoa, that's so interesting. So I'm like listening to podcasts on it, watching videos yeah. on it, want to learn about it. Um, so it's kind of the way you teach it. Definitely. I love science. Science was my second favourite after after art, actually music and then science. Um, and then my science teacher was just like, I recommend you don't do science. But I loved it so much mm. and I was like, I'm not going to pass if I pick science. So I, I couldn't. But, yeah, science and art, wonderful mix, yeah, wonderful hand mix. Hand. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's, yeah, going back to why people aren't sort of in touch with themselves and aren't as intuitive. Yeah, probably mm. school system, just how like, yeah, as I was saying in, in Australia, we were discussing before, we're a bit separated. Yeah. Kind of we're, we are quite an individualistic society here. We're not really collaborating all the time. Like even as a photographer, I'm trying to, you know, say – collaborate with a model or something like that and like yeah. a lot of the time it's like oh can't make it because mm. it's like oh you got to drive like 30 40 minutes so it's like there is that distance barrier um it's but like, yeah how badly do you want it like do you yeah want it that's, play that's or what it is play? now <laughs> like, <do you laughs> that's what I mean? it is now um i'm like yeah i do stuff sort of more professionally so they have to fill out questions and then i know they're interested whereas there before i was like let's go up let's do it and it's like oh i can't make it yeah <laughs> but, yeah um yeah, school system. What else? What do you think? Maybe like social media. I guess we're like social media. We're like 
more even makes us more individual individualistic because we're in our house and we like can text friends. We don't have to. Yeah, go to the yeah. House. I mean, it has a pros and cons, doesn't it? It does. It's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. On social media. Right now. Yeah, literally. But I'm like, thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> no, no. It's yeah. I love it because of obviously how you can reach people you would never reach yeah. ever. Like it's insane who you can reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously does have its downs because of the whole having to film your process all the time. Well, mm. You don't have to do all the time but like how are you going to make content then? But um, I do find like it, it sucks you out of that pro- that um, creative process. Yeah. Does yeah. that happen yeah. to you? Um, so you were saying when you're filming yourself you got to like think about one thing and you're trying to. Yeah. So you can't yeah. fully dive in. It's It's the concept of like when someone's watching you, you do something different. It's almost like when you mm. have a camera on you. So this is easy. Okay. But if we had to or like if I had to look at a camera or you had to look at a camera and say, hi, I'm Ariel, yeah. da, 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 it's different. It's like, oh, it's it stops the flow because you're like directing it to the camera and then it's so much harder. So, oh, okay. yeah, I guess it's, it, yeah, it's breaking you out of your flow a bit. Because um, when you take photos, do you do you film like, content? Do you, yeah, do you yeah. film yourself taking photos? Yeah, hundred percent. So I used to have a GoPro on oh, me, and okay. I did street photography, and I go around and That's I shoot. Cool. So I had a YouTube channel, which is still up, and you get like the behind the scenes of the photos. What's the YouTube channel called? Harry Cunningham. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, just, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> um, but I don't do that anymore because I think it does like break my flow in the way that there's so much to think about before the shoot, set up the camera, make sure mm. it's going all good. And if it's not going good, then it's like, oh, what's the point? Like, what's the way? Yeah. So I've made it too difficult for myself to go out and take photos. So now what I do is like, if it's a good scene, I just whip out the phone and like film a little BTS. Mm. But I used to want to like record the whole like hour of me taking photos and seeing the shots that I, but it's just too yeah. much. It does break up my flow. So yes. Oh, wow. And actually the fact that I actually stopped you from creating yeah, because that's happened to me. Where I'm just like, oh, it's like then I have to film. I got to film, then you got to edit, and mm. this is better. Like live streaming, it's just like, bam, is it's what done. it is. I don't <laughs> yeah. have to like yeah. edit, but true. Yeah, it, social media definitely broke up my flow. Um, yeah. but I wanted to ask, like, can you speak on some of the issues a lot of people face, and like why they want to come and do your one-on-one workshops with you? Okay. Um, uh, well, a lot of my one-on-one clients are like mental health, mm-hmm. um, which is massive, unfortunately. There was definitely an incline in it during COVID, the shutdown. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, um, yeah, uh, my one-on-one sessions definitely went up. Like I was like getting requests left, right and centre and um, – yeah, so mental health was a huge thing. So I just help them um, express themselves through art mediums and using different art resources to let go of whatever is in their mind and in their bodies. So I don't only use um, like mediums like paint and clay and stuff. I also use music and body movement mm-hmm. and um, meditation. Okay. So yeah. what does like a typical one-on-one... Um, what was the word you used again? Personal? Transpersonal. Transpersonal yeah. 
therapy session with you look like? So basically the first session would be more getting getting to <clears throat> getting to know you, getting to um, understand how you work and what you how you work with different materials and what you're drawn to. So again, that's bringing in the intuition of that the intuitiveness of that person. And then once you find a material that that person's drawn to, then they can express themselves through that material. And then through that, I will guide them to help themselves. So transpersonal is about you and your pace. I, I'm not. I'm not saying okay, we got to hurry up, do this, and do this, and do this. I'm just suggesting. I'm like a stepping stone. Yeah. And then because they've got their own flow, right? And you yeah. don't want to like interrupt that. Flow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Because that's where the sweet spot is. Yeah. And then if I see like a little glimpse of something, I can suggest something. And if they don't take that suggestion, then awesome. Like you just made a decision. Where half the time with mental health, it's really hard for people to make decisions. Mm. So for them to just even reject me and say no, I'm like awesome. Like that is huge. Yeah, that's interesting because I think I think people, yeah, they don't like creative expression is sort of about knowing yourself. So it's if yeah, you're, yeah. If you're wearing clothes, you're like. I know this color is me and I know this color isn't me. If you're taking photos, I know this is the style I like or painting. This is this is the style of painting I like. And you've got to sort of put yourself out there and try things and fail over mm. and over again to kind of find out what you do like, what you don't like, what style is your style, what's not your style. So I think when the average person goes into the school system, comes out, goes into work like straight away or uni, focuses on that and then goes into the work, it's like when are they actually discovering themselves? You know what I mean? Mm, and mm. I think you need to express yourself whether it's, um, you know, you need to express yourself to find out who you are in a way. Yeah, definitely. So I think with this whole system it's like where do you actually, like that's why I think travel is so important because when you travel, that's sort of when you're finding yourself, you're out there, you don't have this box, For you're sure. kind of like learning, you're taking in different absorbing different things yeah so you're finding yourself but in the school system and like uni and work it's like you're in this box you have boxes to tick you can't yeah exactly get out so i, th- I think that's why maybe why a lot of people don't know who they are and that's yeah. why art is so important to kind of find yourself for sure for sure and don't forget like also hormones coming to it oh like, yeah like Biology. being so yeah being so restricted in 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 high school just when your hormones kick in and things are changing and mm. not being able to explore yourself yeah it's so hard because then you just have this mindset of being restricted all the time and then having these massive boundaries around you yeah and you've never been able to just play yeah play is yeah important like yeah i think with society like you need you need structure for society in some ways we can't just like running around naked yeah. like yeah exactly I'm like, whatever <laughs> but, but on the spectrum there's like a spectrum to maybe that structure i think say how i feel where we are in australia or at the moment i feel like i don't think we're <laughs> we're like shout out communist china <laughs> yeah yeah but but i think we can always be more um I feel like there there should always be more more space here too for self expression, like yeah. We, we get glimpses we, of the, it. Yeah, we get glimpses, but 
I think everyone, you know, what is the culture here? I guess it's kind of like Australian culture is kind of like, I don't know, watch, say watch the footy and you have like a mm. white picket fence and you have like a four-wheel drive and you go like maybe you're doing part. FIFO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know what Australian yeah. culture is. But yeah. like, and I think if you sort of move out, out of these boxes, I guess in a way like, like I don't think creativity is embraced in Australian culture. Like I think we're just oh, more okay, about yeah. I think maybe we're more about sport, yeah, and activities and camping, which is like amazing. Like we have a beautiful country. Yeah, there's like, a time and space for that for sure. Get out, yeah, get out there. Um, but if you look at our public art, our architecture, yeah, um, our urban planning. Jeez, like yeah. it's just so boring. Yeah, like, no. I must say it has gotten better the past because I remember when I first started doing my art mm-hmm. and the public art was non-existent. Okay. And now there's so many grants. There's, cool. I don't know where these grants are coming from but there's so many the, out there. The sport and cultural um, department, <laughs> which <laughs> is the art department. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> They've clumped us. We're like somewhere in there. Oh, <laughs> the really? Is, yeah, I think we're, oh, there you go. the department is like the sport and culture. It used to be the arts and now they just clumped us in with oh. the sport and culture. So just chuck us in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll I'll take you there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's got a lot of yeah. grants. We love we yeah. love that. Yeah. It's just about do applying you, for them. Do you write your own grants? Um, I have given that a go. And how did it go? I've <laughs> out of ten, I've gotten two. <laughs> oh, okay. That's pretty good. Um and I definitely recommend hiring someone to do your Grant writing because they know exactly the wording, and it's worth every it's, cent. That's why it's an actual career. Like grant writing is a career. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm all for it. I used to be all for doing your own, um, doing everything yourself mm. to, to save where you can save. But if if you're gonna get a ten thousand dollar grant out of it, pay, pay the money or yeah, or give them the percentage of it. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's so worth it. Yeah. So yeah. Can you recommend any grant writers? Ooh. Can you shout any out? Oh my! Can I shout? <laughs> well, not on top of my head. I have to go. I have oh, to go okay. through my notes and okay. all that jazz. We might. I'm like, I can leave in the comments later for you yeah, guys. Yeah, we can <laughs> drop it in the uh, yeah. description. Yeah. Um, but also, blank walls, blank walls. Um, they're a really good street art team. Yep. And they um help artists write. Oh yeah, blank walls. Blank I walls. follow them. They seem really cool. They're amazing. Yeah. Um. So you think team. you've seen more sort of grant opportunities and more murals coming up? Because for, for sure. me personally, yeah. when I look at a city and there's like you can kind of you can kind of tell where a city is on the spectrum of societal structure. <laughs> <laughs> like if yeah. you see kind of paintings and murals yeah. and cool art, um, then you know like that they value creativity and they value expression and they value the arts. Mm. But um, if you see just like a boring concrete walls everywhere and just not much expression, you know, because, yeah, I think if you see, if you come to Fremantle, there's like a decent amount of murals and yeah, like okay. galleries. Depends what and, pockets you're in then. Yeah. Hey? yeah. Vic Park's really good for it as well. They have a shout quite out, strong. Shout yeah. out Vic Park Council. Yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> did their photo shoot. Before. Oh, there you go. <laughs> 
Um, okay, yeah, Vic Park. I've, uh, they have like a few I've seen. Yeah. Um, but you've seen an increase in that. Was it since Definitely COVID? In the, yeah, I guess after COVID. Shout out COVID. Yeah, I'm like, COVID was great. <laughs> COVID for the arts. Mm, really helped us. Can we get another pandemic going? Guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> literally, we, my, I'm not going to lie, my business boomed in COVID. Right. Not only through my one on one sessions, but people buying art. Okay. Yeah, I think they just wanted to surround themselves with something good to look at every day because they were stuck at home. Yeah. Which is really cool. 100%. Surround yourself with beautiful things. Why not? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you saw an increase then. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of businesses were suffering, but yeah, I can't say have the you, same Have you travelled much, you know, overseas or I've, like that? Um, I've travelled a lot when I was younger. I've done one-off things during my more adulthood. But okay. Not a lot. Not a lot of travel when older, older now. Okay. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think when you get older, you do you discover what you like, and you put yourself in that box, but it's a box that you're comfortable with. Yeah. No, definitely. So, like, you know where not to travel or what. Yeah. What, like, what I you definitely like have what you a don't list. Like. I have a list of mm. places I still want to go. Okay. I haven't been to Japan yet. I really want to Japan. So every That's time you cool. talk about Japan, I'm like, oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting thing about Japan. Japan's somewhere where creativity is definitely embraced. Okay, cool. But it's so interesting because there's this huge contrast between the creative scene and then like the working scene. Right. So it's, you know, if you look at the fashion scene, the galleries, the public art, it's like it's really cool. Mm. But. It's almost like when you go there for a holiday, it's like it's amazing. But I'm pretty sure to live there, it's actually very work intensive, like very mm. late hours, mm. hardcore like like yeah, working environment. And most of the people wake up early, go to work, come home. So um, there's, there's a big creative industry, fashion industry there. And like yeah, they've got like games like nintendo yeah they've yeah. got cars like the cool car scene yes yeah, um, cool stuff there but i think to live there and be actually in amongst it i think it, in general it's a different story yeah fair enough um but it is a place that definitely embraces creativity and just from going then i shot uh tokyo fashion week which was oh, amazing awesome that yeah. would have been great so cool and i got to go to the shows and everything they were very like you can tell there's a awesome collaborative culture there they're just like yeah come on oh, let's do this Amazing. like um which is super cool yeah do you think that would have happened here if you approached? here it's it's kind of like like to get in so like the fashion shows that we do have it's like ticketed mm. um, is it not ticketed over there you kind of just it was you had to i was on like the media listening but i'm pretty sure anyone could go if you like signed up like they were just oh, okay. outside a mall and they were just like advertising it so i'm pretty mm. sure anyone can go because i think they have them all the time i think they're everywhere but they're really a lot of thought goes into like each show it's like the music the environment and mm. it's like very professionally done mm. but i think anyone can go to a lot like a lot of them there are aren't for the public but like there are a lot that are so it is definitely That's more so open cool. i mean like there they're happening sort of all the time but here it's not so they're more like ticketed and like if you wanted to shoot them and you're a photographer we like you need to have contacts and right, sometimes okay. if yeah. you're not hired by them 
Mm. So yeah, good, great uh, collaborative collaborative culture, amazing galleries. Oh, lot of, yeah, everybody yeah. loves creativity. Um, but yeah, I think it to live the intense work culture. But there's this um, interesting polarity between the work culture and then creative expression. Like someone I met there in a Starbucks coffee shop was saying a lot of the time, say, um, yeah, like he was saying uh, there was like a woman employee and she has like like hair and it's different colored hair but then yeah. when she goes to work she would like sort of hide it oh, and then uh, maybe she would have like piercings but yeah she'd like uh, go to work and then when she gets out of work you can like Transform. be more expressive so it's like right. yeah this polarity there but it's so it's the workplace telling her to yeah tuck you, her you hair gotta away yeah stuff. you gotta be very like can't you got to um if you have tattoos you know hide your tattoos that sort of thing yeah um but yeah it's just interesting this polarity because a lot of japanese yeah in the work force it's like yeah Mm. very frowned upon got to be professional but outside it's like yeah tattoos fashion crazy fashion like crazier crazy wear whatever you want like yeah um there's like yeah guys walking in the street with like big pink dresses and it's just like (gasps) nobody cares like Guys wearing dresses over there? Yeah, just during Fashion Week, like big floral. Like you can wear whatever you want, like nobody cares. That's so cool. Talking about guys wearing dresses, I'm doing a series called Men in Dresses. Okay. Because I'm trying to bring what they have there here. Yeah. (laughs) Like just for men to be able to wear dresses for the sake of wearing dresses, not for it just to be a gender thing. Yeah, it's super interesting, eh? Yeah. I've shot a few guys for uh, my inspiration for my um, paintings. Mm Mm-hmm. And just photographing them and having conversations while I'm photographing them, they the word that comes up the most is freeing. I feel free. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how beautiful is that? And don't you want to feel free every day? Wear a dress. But literally I could just because someone was would probably shout something out that, that stops them. Mm. Or, yeah, what pe- other people think, I guess. But, yeah. Do you think they would um, get shouted at <coughs> if a man was to wear a dress? Here? Well, I, I would ask, like, what's stopping you? And they're like, oh, like, you know, people saying stuff or, like, um, um, if someone was to take a photo, someone said they're really weary of people with social media taking photos and stuff and making, like, fun mm. of them on social media. Okay. But I'm like, well, you wouldn't even know. Because, <laughs> you know, in, say, Indonesia, the yeah. traditional dress, like the men wear sarongs. That's right, yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. Um, that's culture. A lot thing, of cultural like yeah. other places. So it's many, normal. so many cultures and countries, different countries wear dresses. Like men wear dresses. Mm. Yeah, in Africa as well. Yep. So, why don't we do it? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, again, it's just that societal. Yeah. Box like. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back to it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in Japan, like, or you know, or in. Indonesia, if you wear the traditional dress. Yeah. I mean, that's so wrong. That mm. No one would care, but if you were here, I think, yeah, just be different. Like, even expressing yourself with, uh, with fashion in Australia is definitely not common. Like, people don't no, think of it that not. way. So, you're a little bit weird if you wear something different. I don't yeah, know. we haven't bro- broken those boundaries. We're just yet, very. They don't even think, like, most people don't think about how they express themselves. So they don't know, yeah. like even they don't know why they choose that color of car. Like I think it's important to know yourself so much. Like you know why you chose this color of car. You know why you chose this 
collared jumper. Yeah. These yeah. shoes. But most people, oh, yeah, that's all right. It's so, like I get it. Like you've got – I think it's – they place more importance on other things than knowing themselves. Yeah, exactly. So they – yeah. Yeah, because they think maybe those other things are more important or what? Just like money, like – comes down to money uh, hey which we all we all need money <laughs> yeah. And, yeah but people are making so much money from being themselves like but it's online. difficult yeah it was to get there it's i think it's easier to maybe as much as i, I know it takes skill and everything to do these like fifo jobs and whatever mm. um but it's sort of easier like you don't have to use a lot of you don't have to be like in touch with, yeah, <laughs> in touch yeah, with yourself yeah, yeah. to go on a mine site and like, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> drill a hole. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you just do the thing, get the money, come back. You didn't have to like learn anything about yourself. You just did the task. Yeah, that's it. Hey. But to be an artist, you kind of have to be in touch with yourself, understand yourself, years and years of like mm. express this, express this, yes, no, da, 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 da. Yeah, that takes a lot of effort, a lot mm. of time, a lot of practice, a lot yeah. of play. And people say, why is art so expensive? This is why. <laughs> Plus art materials are really expensive. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then I want to get into, we're talking about black and white. <laughs> oh, yes. I love me some black and white. Blue yeah. seems to be a part of your style, but don't let yes. me interrupt the flow. Like, did you just <laughs> choose blue randomly or like how did uh, you start integrating colour into your work? So I knew I wanted to add colour into my work, but I get very overwhelmed kind of like the, the your idea with filming on your chest. You yeah. got so overwhelmed with having the prep that you, it stopped you from um, taking photos. Yeah. So it was the same for me where overcolor um, overwhelmed me so I didn't want to create because I was just like there's so many choices. Um, and to narrow, narrow that down, just like when I do with my clients, if they're overwhelmed, I will take away a art medium so they have less to choose. Mm. Because, again, with mental health, making choices is really hard. So I did the same for myself, you know, practice what you preach. So I just took away um, all the colours <laughs> in the rainbow except for blue. The reason I chose blue is because when I was younger in Israel, I well, the first time I walked to the shops all by myself. So I walk, um, it was this beautiful sunny day and I um, walked to the deli and I – had maybe a few coins with me and I bought like this blue bubble gum. It was massive. I remember it being huge. I don't know if it was because I had such mm. small hands back then. <laughs> I was probably five years old or something. I was tiny. I don't was know. Huge. I yeah, I can't believe I went to the shops by myself at this point. Um, I was like, where's mum and dad at this? I don't know. Anyway, this bubble gum was huge and I, w- I couldn't wait till I got home. So I just stuffed it all in my mouth at one go. I just wanted to just fully like feel it in my mouth and I was chewing and chewing and obviously like the saliva is just dripping because yeah. you're a kid and you can't close your mouth properly. And this, I remember the sun is beaming on my face in the heat. I can still feel the heat and all this like blue, <laughs> blue saliva just dripping down my mouth and I was just trying to catch it so it doesn't go all over my clothes. And then it dripped into my hand and I remember looking to my hand and the sun's like beaming in my hand and this blue looked so beautiful even though it was saliva yeah. and, yeah. you know, probably gross as all hell. But I just remember thinking to myself, wow, that is so stunning. Yeah. And I just had this strong, strong memory of this day 
to still to this day and I was like, all right, well, blue is going to be the colour that I, cho- I choose from the rainbow. And um, at least I can concentrate on this one colour that makes me feel good. Yeah. So every time I paint with it, I have that feeling from when I was younger and it just makes me feel good every time. So I'm just like, okay. if so I can create with it. So that feeling was just you being in awe of... Yeah. Of this, this beautiful... Beautiful blue and the <laughs> sun hitting this okay. gorgeous salivary blue. It was amazing. It was electric, like really bright blue. And did you make that connection before you chose blue or after? Um, make the connection like from to that, st- like you, because sometimes you you intrinsically make a choice, but you don't actually know why you made that choice. Like I even made a little oh, made a little thread <clears throat> Instagram thread tweet, and I was like, because sometimes I take photos, and I was like, why did I take that photo? Like it yeah, doesn't yeah. even. Like to the average person, it might look boring or something like this. Like I don't even know why I took the photo. And then you can, the more you think about it. Or I even wrote. Let me just see if I can. Let me pull it up real quick. It takes two seconds. I want to know what photo you're think, talking about. It was as well. um, it's just of like these flowers in Fremantle, just growing over this over the over the water okay. in these rocks. Um, where did I say it? So I said, capture photos that speak to you, even if you don't know why. True beauty is only revealed with time. Great photos age well. So Mm. true beauty is only revealed with time. It's kind of like you have these photos, even in your phone, but in like 20 years you might look at them and be like, whoa, that means a lot to me, that photo. But right now it's like it's just a photo in my camera roll. Right, yeah. Yeah, true. And, And photos, they get... Even with art, like as art ages, it like yeah. has more of a meaning meaning to it. And even if you think of like Van Gogh in his day, like nobody cared about him. True, his he never work, sold anything. a painting. And he didn't sell I think a painting. He only sold one painting. But then like over time, like his story, he just became this like icon within the arts. Yeah. And um but yeah, back I then it's just mean. like Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um that's the photo though. Black and white. Yeah, it's kind of like. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I'm, I just intrinsically edit now. I'm just like, okay, I'll go with that. Coastal blooms and White House. Oh, so it was taken this year. Just taken like a few days ago. Oh, shivers! No way. There you go. But yeah, I've got to have my camera on me. Now I've got to bring my camera places, which I, I just need to remember to do because. Mm. Sometimes you'll just intrinsically want to take a photo you don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it's that back in that point of knowing yourself and how you feel and intrinsically being true, motivated true. to create. Far out carrying a camera everywhere as well. Yeah, I got a. It's difficult. Like, I wish this was good as my other camera, but that'd be nice, yeah. wouldn't it? One day. Yeah. <laughs> so you, did you make the connection after? I forget what you. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I think I yeah, I think you're right. I think I did make the connection after, and because people would always ask me why blue, and I, I was, I remember sitting there going, yeah, why blue, and I was just like, I love blue. Why do I love blue? And it came to that story, and I was like, this is why I love blue. Mm. It's interesting how things tie back to your child, childhood all the time. Always, always, your your brain is in such a sensitive place when you're younger, and it molds you so much. Yeah. Yeah. I've had so many, even this year, just realizing that. Yeah. Um, a lot of times. 
even with um, like my work and everything because I travelled a lot as a child um, and kind of just experiencing different cultures is a bigger part, is a bigger part of what I enjoy about life and what I do. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, the night series was kind of me making a decision like on one thing because mm. when you have all these styles and like you don't even know what style yours is, I think it's best even with what you're doing, you just pick one thing, just go for it, just try it out. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of what I did. And then looking back at the work, there is like there's sort of like different multicultural people in there, different like restaurants that I shot in around Perth, um, which I only realise now why mm. I shot it that way. So that's why, yeah, with time I'm like learning more about myself. Like, oh, that's why I did that. Like you don't even know. When May I ask it. why? What was the reason? Why? Why? You oh, because that way? so when I was uh, younger, I was like traveling and experiencing different cultures. Okay. Okay. And just uh, uh, my my dad works with different cultures around the world as well. He's an ethnobotanist. Oh wow! Yeah. You have cool parents. Yeah. What does your mom do? My mom works with like disadvantaged children in like at uni. Oh wow! So, but she had. She, I think one of her earlier jobs was to do with agriculture. Oh, okay, but cool. I think, I think it's more what my dad does yeah. probably influences me. But what I realised this year is like in my dad's house, right, he's got all these like cultural artefacts like chairs like from like Uganda, like these ancient chairs awesome and like sauce. wooden spoons, baskets, like yeah. African basketry, books from like everywhere um textiles carpets from everywhere around the world yeah but as a child i was like why is my house so different from other kids houses so i was like embarrassed for friends to really? come over interesting hey? like friends houses had like you know clean white white walls mm. white countertops like that i was like why can't my house look like their house so what? i was like embarrassed um so i kind of rejected part of that yeah, that part yeah. of me, I was like, I want to be normal. I want to be like the normal kids somehow, somehow. Crazy what kids think, hey? Yeah. Wow. But it's just what you think you, you want to fit in, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But then now I'm like, I'm real. And I was like, I couldn't even explain to other people what my dad did. I was like, why can't my dad have a normal job like a doctor or a teacher or a plumber? Like, because oh, he does like ethnobody, which is dealing with um, medicinal plant use and cultures around the world. It's like difficult to describe as a child. Like you don't even understand what it is. Yeah. Yeah, kids would be like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I sort of like rejected that. But now I'm like embracing that a lot. And I'm like it's sort of me learning about who I am. I'm like, oh, that's that connection. And then I'm Mm. like fascinated by the things in the house and I'm like proud of it and I'm like learning even like been talking to my dad a lot more, like learning about all the stuff that I'm like interested in it now. Awesome so it's like, source. yeah, it's like learning about myself, and that comes into my work, which is to do with multiculturalism here in Australia. Hmm. Like I'm trying to, that's a big part about my work. Like I love multiculturalism so much. Like different cultures, I think it makes Australia so amazing. Yeah, I love that about Australia. Yeah, yeah, but also I think it stops us from having our own identity, but. In a good way, that's cool to mm. mix in between. Why not? Yeah. And also with like what I wear mm. as well growing up in, born in South Africa. Yeah. So I was 
sort of grew up between the mountains and the sea from a young age. So that comes into like sort of the style of where like nature, colours, blues, greens. How old were you when you moved here? Um, I think I was about six, so probably okay. similar age. Similar to me, yeah. Yeah, five or yeah, yeah. six. Yeah. So like So you still have a strong memory of, of yeah, South Africa then? Yeah, I got like yeah. little videos of me like running around there and stuff. Yeah. But I've I would always go back for like little holidays with Same family. But um Do you still have family there now? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um but yeah, it's just like you don't think about that, but it will, your childhood would always come, will always come Definitely. back into your work. Always. It's crazy. Always. It's like, even if you don't think it will. It, it will, does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so much, so much impact on it, hey? Yeah. Crazy. Um, and then I want to get into your work that you do now. I want you to sort of tell myself and everybody listening what goes into Tell us about the process of your work and then what each piece is normally about and those bl- the blue, the little characters as oh, well. Oh, the worry dolls. Yeah. So tell us all <coughs> about that. I'll just have a look at your page <laughs> as well while I'm... Um, so do uh, you want to speak about the worry doll first or...? Yeah, the little worry doll character. Um, so they, they recently came up only around this year. Came uh, up. Came up, came up. But worry dolls have been around for a long time. And through many cultures. And they're basically these little dolls that they would give to children if they had nightmares or if they had um, like high anxiety or something was worrying them. In Israel? Uh, cultures all over the world. Oh. There's different types of worry dolls. Um, if you Google it, like, it will come up with the okay. yeah, different countries, all sorts. But typically they're like these little dolls that children can put underneath their pillows. Yep. And... Um, you probably get a handful. So each worry doll, the child would express their worry to it and then the doll would hold their worry and then the kid, the children would put it underneath their pillow and sleep on it and then the worry doll would take away their worries. Mm. Um, yeah, which I, I think the process of that is really nice because it's a process of letting go and it's a, it's a, it's like a safe way of letting go. Um, Especially for children, like it's a nice way to, like, let your worries go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So oh, whatever you want to let go of, it okay. doesn't just have to be worries. But I've used that concept with the worry doll that I use in my art. So I did a a live show um, where I painted a massive worry doll mural, and I did all these worry dolls hanging off the mural, and then each one had an individual pocket, and everyone would write on a piece of paper their little worries. And then put it into a worry doll. And at the end of the exhibition, I did a little burn ceremony. So I didn't read them. Oh. I let them go in the, in the burning and filmed it so people um, um, saw me letting go of them for them. So that they knew that they, no one else was reading them, that it, it was being respected. And then another version of a mural and then speech bubbles and it was actually public where people would write their worries in the speech bubbles of the Rory doll. Mm. And then it was interesting the interaction of people pointing out, out other people's worries and then adding to underneath other people's worries and saying, yeah, I feel the same way. So it was a beautiful way of the room and the space connecting. Mm. It was really cool to see people just, yeah, yeah, just going, oh, I agree with that, I feel that and then put similar ones down or new ones. Oh, did, did, did they have to read it? 
Or well, it was public. It was in the open. Oh, so okay. the first time I did on secret on piece of paper. Yeah. The second time I did it was made the speech bubble public. So you would have to physically write it on the wall with paint pens. Okay. Um. So it was out in the open. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. That's interesting. Obviously, I couldn't burn the wall. So, but so then people see other people's worries and yeah. then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, they have a shared yeah. experience. Okay, yeah. I think we're, that's like we're all cool. in this together. We're all yep. a community. Mm. So it was a nice way of, of sharing in a way. It was really, okay. yeah, it was really cool to witness. Cool. And by the end of the night, that was, I didn't make the speech bubbles big enough. There were so many worries uh-huh. and it was like spilling out into the wall. People the, be worrying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was nice because at the end of the exhibition, it was painted over and you know, that, that was the burning ceremony. It was Oh, okay. Was, you know, it was being washed away in a way. Okay, yeah. yeah I've so heard of that concept in mental health where you like blow a balloon or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yes. Yes, okay. I've seen that being used. But I think like my sort of perspective on that, like I would get the shared experience because oh, there goes my <laughs> massive <No>. phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. bonk, <laughs> the brief phone. Um, the shared experience, I think that's would be important because, yeah, then you can know that, you know, other people feel what you feel. But in terms of like the balloon thing, kind of feel like maybe it would be temporary, like temporarily that worry might go away. But then I always felt like with the mental health thing, what I find is helpful is like taking action on things. Mm, mm. But what's often stopping them is like the decision making which is like yes. the hard part yeah so like you got to take action to like get yourself out of that hole or whatever it is yeah but then it's like the decision that's like often the hard part but i think maybe maybe the balloon technique or the the burning maybe it's like a temporary thing that can help them make a decision yeah it's it's know. a small step towards something because it's something small enough to be able to handle mm-hmm so I think just writing it and getting it out of you because it's in your mind playing in circles. Yeah. So if you can just get out of your body, out of your mind, onto a piece of paper, just the act of doing that is pure release. Because I think, yeah, it's interesting how you talk about the mind is going in circles like a lot of the time uh, with people who struggle with mental health because you're kind of comfortable with the way life is but you got to like get out of that. you got to like sort of take action to do something out of the box. Yeah. Box again. Yeah. Um, to get you out of that rut. But that's like the hard part is the decision part, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, I read, I read an article that um, being feeling or being depressed is your body's way of saying like I don't like how I, like my um, um, present moment, the way that I'm living or I don't Mm. like something that's happening. So your body is feeling that and that's your body of a way of expressing it as being depressed. So by making small changes, your body can feel different and hopefully get out of it. And most people... Pretty sure most people think the same thoughts every day. Like you don't think you do, but you just you really do a constant repetition yeah. of the same. Yeah, exactly. Same thoughts. That's it. That's it. But yeah, the worry dolls just helped me connect with others through my art. Okay. Yeah. And then I was wondering if you could talk about this work 
specifically. Just oh, my black and whites. <laughs> that looks interesting. And then just talk us a little process. I'm going to low key. I'm going to make a little reel out of it, maybe or something like oh, that. Okay, so over the top, but okay, <laughs> yeah. sweet, sweet. Make it fun. Make it puppy. No. <laughs> um, yes, this piece was definitely my black and white phase, um, with a pop of gold <laughs> for a bit of lux. So I actually created this piece for Ben Traeger Homes, which was um, a commission artwork. So this is one of my last big commission kind of project um, where I had to create I think it was 12 works for Ben Traeger home um, and the interior designer just said this is the colour palette which was lucky a lot of black and white with a bit of gold which was right up my alley and then the figures that I did so I could completely have free range with what figures I wanted and yeah I just went for it and that's that's what I came up with. Cool and is that... Yeah. Who who is that? Is that so a lot of a lot of yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is this mysterious person? <laughs> a lot of the time, I don't like to draw people that are well known, and um, well, that was back she then. She was AI generated. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah, percent. No, that was before AI. Well, probably AI has been around for before ages. Before AI, yeah, this is like ancient times. <laughs> um, I like to draw people that look look interesting, but are not super well known. Mm. So um, I would actually that was actually probably an image from three different people. So I would grab like a hairstyle like from one model, okay, um, face structure from another model and then like clothes from another model. Okay. For, is yeah. this like Pinterest like you just searched? Pinterest, or? magazines, um, friends. IG. Yeah, anywhere. Tumblr. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Tumblr. Oh, my gosh, Tumblr. Yes, I haven't used Tumblr in ages. But yeah, Love Tumblr. Tumblr. Yeah, yeah. So good. Okay. Yeah, anywhere I could find. Cool. But I've got like. Albums and albums of inspo pics. Oh, okay. On every platform. <laughs> and if uh, so, you're working with an interior designer and like a yeah. So there was an interior designer for Ben Traeger Homes, and then and she would design the space, and they realize like, I need an artwork for this space. Yeah, yeah. What if like so now you're doing more blue work? Mm. What if it doesn't work with blue? So, yeah, everyone asks, like, do you paint nine blue? And I'm like, I do you swear. Do like, you paint, like, not blue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, yes. Don't like to, but. <laughs> no, um, I yeah, I paint with other colours as well. I don't showcase it as much. A lot of the time it would be experimental stuff in my visual diary. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm feeling like a colour, so if intuitively I wake up and I'm like, oh, man, I'm loving that colour today. I'm blue, I'm a blue, blue. <laughs> I have played that song way too many times. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> and in my videos as well. But um, yeah, what was I saying? I forgot what I was saying now. <laughs> um, well, I just got that song playing in my head now. <laughs> different <laughs> colours and like what you feel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I do experiment with the um, different colours in my visual diary, but mainly the pink? work that I show. Yes. And pink and blue, the contrast together look great. Red? Um, not a lot of red, actually. Purple? No, not a lot of purple. You know what's cool Orange, and yes. random? Just because um, I was in Bunnings yesterday. Yeah. Go to Bunnings. Yeah. Go to the paint section. Yes, I did. Read the often. names of on, on the paint cards. Yes, I love reading the names. The names are great. So cool. Yeah, I was. I want to meet the person that comes up with these yeah. names. It's AI. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like I don't want to meet them. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I think they have really the greatest cool. names. Some of them are a bit like I was just like reading like most of them are amazing. Some of them are just like mm, the whites are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you read the white ones? No. They're like pearl ocean or oh 
wife. What was one? I, I read one. It was like, <laughs> um, like gray or marsh heron or something like this. And I was like, oh, okay. it like paints a story. Yeah. Was and that was a gray like, tone? It was like a greeny, like a marshy gray. Right. So I just imagine like this heron like in the marshlands and like a gray, maybe a lot of fog. Oh, cool. Yeah. You just gave me an idea for like an art show. You oh. give like a color palette to each artist and with the name and then they have to come up with a. There could be games out of this like yeah. and they're free. Like you can just, I, yeah. I went in there with a friend because I'm painting like my place. That's right. You can take it. You can take these colors and you can. I take so many. Colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can. <laughs> I use them for my art therapy sessions. Like, <laughs> I'm like. Dun, dun, dun. Take them all. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it's amazing. Yeah, they're great. They're great squash, swatches. Yeah, I use them also. They're hot tip for artists if artists are listening. Hot tip. Hot Coming tip, up. which Ariel people do all the time. Her. But if you don't know this, then you will love it. Um, You grab a bunch of the paint swatches that we're talking about and then if you need to come up with a colour palette for your artwork, you put a few together until you feel like the tones are right and then you can um, put um, put them all, I sticky tape them onto a a piece of card next to the artwork and then I can transfer that colour onto the painting and then you can play with the different thicknesses and how much you want that colour on that artwork so you can see how it flows within the whole colour palette. Yeah. Yeah, swatches are great. Yeah, swatches are so handy. So. Thank you, Bunnings. Thanks, (laughs) Bunnings, like. Sponsor me. (laughs) Bunnings is kind of (laughs) lit. Yeah, I love Bunnings. Their jumpers are great. Really? Yeah, they have the best jumpers. If you can get your hand on one of those, that's so good. (laughs) Um, Last thing I want to talk about is the the, what are some upcoming events that Ariel Katzer might be doing or hosting or like what's what have you got coming up? Or what are your plans for the future? Sure. I do have a pop-up mural coming up on the 5th to to the 9th, 5th to the 9th of October in the city for the Perth Jazz. Jazz. Um, Yeah, jazz. I love jazz. You sounded so jazzy saying that. Jazz. (laughs) Jazz, (laughs) Um, Festival. Coming up, so there's going to be. Damn, is a jazz festival. I'm hyped. Yeah, I'm yeah. all about the jazz festival. I didn't know it existed, but dude, on in Leaderville on Saturday mornings at ten o'clock. I think it's Saturday mornings or well, Sunday mornings at ten o'clock. They have free jazz at Vinyl Cafe. It's the best, and you just have coffee, sit and listen to the jazz. It's such a good way to start the day. Highly recommend. I'm gonna use that clip. <laughs> <laughs> Make it real. Do it. Tag them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, it's so good. Is, Such make a vibe. it an ad, guys. But yeah, that's that's awesome. I love love jazz. We need more jazz. Yeah. In life. Yeah. Have you been to a jazz cellar? No. I literally love jazz, but I like haven't even been to Ellington jazz or anything like that. I've never been to Ellington. Ellington. That's a place I still have to go. But highly recommend the jazz cellar. Okay. Off well. Scarborough Beach Road. Best okay. place ever. The best night you'll ever have in your life. It feels like you've transformed into another world. That's what, that's when you know, like that's creativity. It's supposed to transport you to another place. Like Definitely. you see a painting on a wall, it's kind of like a portal or yeah. Um, something I've thought of recently is like having art on the wall 
it's it's kind of like looking into an endless kind of like looking into a horizon. It's kind of like your how you feel about looking at nature, mm. but it's like brought it into a closed environment. That's how I feel anyway. Into um, your home. Little, little <laughs> tangent. Um, I completely <laughs> forgot. That's cool. Yeah, I feel like you're going on a journey yeah. now. <laughs> Wait, what? where was I going with that? I don't know. But, uh, oh, no, transport's in a different place. Yes, yes. So good interior design, good like it's like you're creating an environment that's supposed to make someone feel like they're in a different place. And when I go into like a good restaurant or good like uh, a place that's sort of got interesting interior design, mm. that's what it does. So mm. the place that you were saying, which was? Um, the jazz cellar. The jazz cellar. Yes. I check that out. Yes, definitely. But when you when you were talking about artwork transforming you, <laughs> taking, <laughs> taking you <Yeah>. places, <laughs> I'm like 100% all yeah. about that. I remember I was um, uh, at an exhibition years ago. I can't even remember the name of it. But they had each painting in different scene. So it wasn't just hung up on a wall. They made a different environment for it, even though it was the same artist and same style for each painting. The scene changed the mood of each painting. It was really cool, really cool concept. So you would like sit there and it was partitioned off ever so slightly so you couldn't really see the oh. next painting. It was only small petitions but it was really cool how they created that environment and so that mood, it changed ever so slightly each time you moved yeah, over. Yeah, when you're, when you're in touch with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're so definitely getting in touch with ourselves right now. <laughs> it's like you can look at a colour and it's like, you really feel that emotion. Mm, <laughs> like yeah. in Bunnings, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like people watching you like, what? <laughs> what? You're just going on this journey by yourself. But it's like, I think when you're, yeah, when you're in touch with yourself and how you feel about things, like you really feel that colour. Mm-hmm. And even better when you know why you feel that colour, it's kind of like even bring something else into it. But yeah, it's interesting. How I mean, that's how I feel about blue. So that's, yeah. I'm blue. I'm usually gonna have that song stuck in my head the whole night. I'll be driving home, going, getting to sleep. Okay, so you got some murals coming up for the jazz festival. Yes, that's cool. Yes, that is very cool. Um also have a group exhibition which actually is getting launched. I'm putting it up tomorrow but now i have to remember <clears throat> it's a group show that steve brown yeah i'm like <laughs> trying to look for the name really quickly that steve brown is um curating steve brown steve brown yeah so he's a local shout out steve brown yeah shout out <laughs> steve brown um so he's a local visual artist as well and he does murals um and he's done t-shirts as well um t-shirts murals coffee cups yeah <laughs> i'm sure he's done coffee cups um and the show the show is called the Steve hidden. Brown show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. If you look that up, I'm sure it will come up. Um, hidden Corners. It's a group exhibition. Okay. And Jodie Knowles, who you've oh, interviewed. In shout it. out Jodie. Oh, she's in it. Yep, she's in it. wonder if she'll be flying from Sydney, maybe. I doubt it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Come and find out. Yeah. So I've got that coming up. Okay. That's on the 27th of October. October is a lot it's of a things. Fall. Happening. It's a full, yeah, it's a full month. Um, and then I run workshops three days a week at Rocky Bay. And then? 
And then, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do you want me to keep listing? I can. And then I retire. And then, uh, oh yeah, and then I'm right, and then I'm doing the series Many Dresses, and I'm oh, yeah. looking for gentlemen mm-hmm. and men mm-hmm. that want to wear some dresses and be painted. Okay. So if you know if yourself or you mm-hmm. know anyone interested, let me know. What's DM that me. quote from? Um, Paint me like one of your French girls. I'm going to make that the <laughs> quote of the exhibition for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. a French girl's French boy. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of projects. Yeah. And, um, where, okay, that, yeah, a <laughs> lot, lot of stuff happening. Yeah. Up, yeah. But, um, cool. Keeping active in the space. 100%. Well, I like it. RL, it's been absolutely fabulous having Thank you on. Thank you for having me. I think, uh, yeah, we covered a lot of interesting things <laughs> mental health. Knowing yourself, mm. your story, what goes into your art, the story behind the blue color. Yes. The blue. Everything. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you and f- follow you? Or mainly <laughs> social media. I'm oh. on literally, I'm on Pinterest, I'm on um, Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Facebook. Where else am I? On my website. LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Yes, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on I'm on real life as well. What's I'm on that? call me. <laughs> real life just meet me, you know. Oh. Hand handshake. What is real? I do a good handshake. Oh. <laughs> you do? Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. let's try. <laughs> so, if I can reach ya. That's good. Yeah, nice it's better. weird when people have that like <laughs> like like oh hi. <laughs> yeah, I've had someone literally like Like I need to I'm gonna remember right now to like actively when I, hand some, I shake someone's hand, I'm going to, yeah. like, grab it. Like, it's it's better. It's like... Yeah. You need that, like... Yeah. You need that, like... You know like jelly. Ta-ta, darling. Ta-ta. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's... Oh, I'm not on the screen anymore. Oh, I'm <laughs> not. Yeah. Did I bump you? Uh, anyway. Should I leave? Yeah, oh, you God. can do that. I'm, just, I'm so sorry. Um, that's what, that's what <laughs> we got time for, guys. So Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for the one streamer. On the live show, yeah. still here. Thank you. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> still here, Dan. Thank you. Um, but yeah, he's a legend. Stay tuned. I'll leave all the links down below. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at digitalcreators underscore au. Subscribe on YouTube, Twitch. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. All that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and catch you next time, guys.